Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Some of our listeners might be surprised that we haven't talked about this story yet, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that I waited on it because now more... Whoa, that's got to go away. Now more details have uh, have come out. It's something you might have heard about. The, the cop who overdosed, supposedly, on marijuana. You can overdose on marijuana? Well, he thought he overdosed on marijuana. He'd be the first person ever, wouldn't he? I... Darn close. Yeah. it's. I mean, we've talked a number of times about how safe marijuana is. It's... The government propaganda well, will make you think that it's really bad and dangerous, but in reality, it's it's impossible to uh, to kill yourself by overdosing on marijuana. Right. Safe and not kill yourself might be two different things. That said, relatively safe. In, in, in terms of comparison, how about this? In terms of comparing it to alcohol and cigarettes, marijuana is, by all uh, all factors, safer. And as far as overdosing is concerned, it's impossible to overdose by smoking marijuana. Impossible. You just you can't get you just can't get to that point. You can't ingest enough of it, right? You, you would can, pass out. Well, ingesting it can can do a lot more than uh, than smoking it can. Uh, if you ingest too much marijuana, you will make yourself sick. You're not gonna you're not likely to die from it. Though there was one story a long time ago. About a smuggler, somebody that had swallowed some balloons full of hash in order to get on an airplane. Um, I guess the idea is you swallow the balloons full of hash and then you uh, go get number two somehow, and, and you uh, you get them out later. It doesn't sound too. Uh, it's not the way I want safe. my hash. <laughs> right? Doesn't doesn't sound too safe, but that's how they do it. Or I guess that's how this person tried to do it. Apparently, one of the balloons, however, managed to tear itself open on the inside of uh, the person's stomach. And spill out this hash, which is essentially concentrated marijuana, spilled out this hash into their uh, into their bowels, which that that's a pretty high concentration of marijuana on on the inside of your body. Mm-hmm. In that case, that person did uh, that person did die. But that's the only story we've ever seen in the history of doing this show uh, of somebody really having harm brought to them from from this drug. Which is why I was surprised when uh, the story about the cop came out. A cop in Dearborn, Michigan, Edward Sanchez, called 911 and said that uh, he and his wife were dying from a marijuana brownie overdose. Now, we're not going to play the audio on the air. It, it, goes, it runs for quite a length. I think about five minutes he was on the phone with the, uh, the 911 dispatcher. But he was pretty, uh, he was pretty upset about the, his state of being at that time. And, and I can imagine that he was probably really messed up um, because if you eat too much pot, you will get sick. There's no doubt about that. Of course, most people don't eat marijuana, and most people that eat marijuana do the necessary research in, in advance to learn what the proper way to eat marijuana is. And um, in the case of this particular cop, they actually, I guess we'll get to the details here, but he used a lot a lot of marijuana in his brownies. Okay. Mixed messages abound, uh, according to uh, the Salem News, about the 28-year-old Dearborn police officer named Edward Sanchez, who called 911 and said he and his wife were dying from a marijuana brownie overdose. It turns out the weed was stolen from criminal suspects, 
and that this is when uh, and that is when this sadly comical story just starts to get traction. It all began just over a year ago on April 21st, 2006, when Edward Sanchez placed a phone call for, uh, to 911 from his home. During the five-minute tape of that call obtained by the Free Press, Sanchez tells an emergency dispatcher that he's convinced that he and his wife are overdosing on marijuana. The 911 call has been all over television and the internet in the past week, and uh, of course there are the necessary links here, which we'll post this article for you at our bulletin board system later for you to review. He says, I think we're dying. We made brownies, and I think we're dead. I really do. Good Lord. He was stoned. Really overreacting. (laughs) Uh, The call is not overly graphic in nature, but it's fairly incredible that an officer of the law would risk his career in such a way. Private information like the officer's address has been bleeped out. Uh, Not in the version I heard, by the way. Some regard the ultimate lack of prosecution or seeming accountability in the case as a sad testimony to the life with the privilege of a few in blue. That's right. This cop, who stole the drugs from a suspect, then proceeded to uh, imbibe them and admit to it, is not facing any charges. Of course not. Nor is his wife, who is not a cop. Others call it a story about a bad apple, which most organizations have at least one of, and the fact that he's a police officer is the only thing that makes it sensational and publicized. It does amount to the same treatment that a celebrity receives for simple offenses like drunk driving. Either way, the word on this one is out, and most people seem to believe that police officers should be held to a higher standard. And I would agree. At least to the same standard. For many, the 911 calls nothing less than a blatant testimony about the lack of education that exists between marijuana use and its relationship to a person's health. Marijuana is something that countless millions of Americans use with some degree of regularity. But laws stemming back to the 1930s that are still effect on a, in effect on a federal level have made marijuana a silent subject that most users don't dare to ask questions about. The thing is, you expect the story to go like this. The officer was relieved of his position and charged with stealing criminal evidence and disorderly conduct. He was also facing charges of possession of marijuana. But instead, the AP is reporting that Sanchez managed to avoid criminal prosecution, even though he admitted to taking the pot from a suspect and, with his wife, baking it into brownies. He told the dispatcher over the telephone that they used a quarter ounce of marijuana when they made the brownies and added that they ate them all. Mm, wow, usually eat one. Yeah, or... one's enough. If you're gonna if you're gonna use a quarter ounce of pot, especially good pot, you could put a quarter ounce of regs into a batch of brownies. Regs being the lowest grade uh, brick weed, basically. You put a por- quarter ounce of regs in a batch of brownies, and you'll have potent brownies. And the reason for that is because when you when you eat marijuana, when you consume it through your digestive tract, and when you cook it into uh, these brownies or cookies or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're utilizing 100% of the THC in the in the plant. Right. And THC being the active chemical that gets you high. No waste. In the marijuana. So yeah, when you when you uh, apply a flame to the marijuana, when people smoke marijuana, I've read estimates that say they get seven percent of the the you know seven to seventeen percent of the of the uh, the THC that way. That's a whole different story, isn't it? So I mean, it's it's so much more potent when you eat marijuana. And a lot of people don't really understand it, and they really should go th- do their research at, at websites like arrowid.org, um, that's E-R-O-W-I-D.org, and, and try to understand the drugs before you put them in your body. I mean, the fact is, eating a whole batch of marijuana brownies is way overboard. And stupid. Yeah, no, not definitely <laughs> stupid. Well, you know, it's I don't know if it, if you don't know, it's, they're certainly ignorant, that's the right terminology. 
Right, and it's clear that they didn't know. Uh, they used weight. Uh, they they used okay. We don't know what kind of pot they put in there, but presumably it was decent. And so way uh, way too much. His wife, 26-year-old Stacy Sanchez, voluntarily told police investigators that on another occasion she removed cocaine from her husband's police cruiser that was part of the department's drug dog training program. She then went on a reported three-week coke binge. Stacy uh, Stacy Sanchez has also not been criminally charged. The Dearborn Police Department's choice to not pursue the case against Corporal Edward Sanchez led to an outcry from several notable people in the state, including uh, one of the city council members. He told a reporter that he'll investigate, citing the conflict between a police officer who arrests people for drug offenses and confiscating it to keep for yourself. Well, it's nice that the city councilman's going to investigate, but you know what's that going to do? Can he bring charges? Well, it's clear that the, uh, the police department should have arrested this guy. I yes, mean, but it's also clear that uh, this is a another typical occurrence in the world of policing. One cop gets in trouble, and the thin blue line closes its ranks in order to protect him. In this case, a cop that is admitted to stealing drugs from suspects. Wayne State University criminal law professor described Sanchez's behavior as problematic and applied the same assessment of the police department's decision to not charge him. He said it's not, a, it's not as unusual as it should be for the police to look the other way when an officer commits an infraction, but this is a lot worse than the average police officer speeding a little bit. 800-259-9231. How do you feel about this? Do you feel there's a, a, a double standard when it comes to the cops? It seems clear to me seems clear that they live by a completely different set of rules than the rest of us do. And I don't think it should be that way. Do you? 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. Coming up, we've got the remaining, uh, I think the remaining eight of the top ten, or the uh, the top ten myths about divorce. That and pretty pills all on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including live streams. There's a broadband version of the show waiting for you there, as well as a dial-up version. Both completely free for you at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest, and it's June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project, talk with New Hampshire natives and those who've made the move, and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Talking about an awfully dumb police officer and his dumb wife that uh, <laughs> the cop... The cop apparently is, has made a habit out of doing this, presumably, because he did it this time and happened to get caught because he's so stupid. Um, but anyway, he, he managed uh, managed to successfully confiscate some drugs from a suspect, which isn't hard to do. It's not hard to find people with drugs if you're a cop. But, I, I, you would spend, I would assume there's, that's what they're doing as a job. Yeah, So, but normally you're supposed to fill out paperwork and turn in the drugs. Mm-hmm. This guy didn't. He yeah. just took it. Brought it home, gave some to his wife, and then he and his wife decided to make some pot brownies. Kind of like the Adam and Eve story. They uh, they put an entire quarter ounce of marijuana into a batch of brownies, which normally isn't such a bad idea. That's that's okay. Uh, when but, you eat one. Yeah, when you eat one brownie, that's an okay <laughs> idea. But they ate the entire batch of brownies and then proceeded to get very sick because that's what's going to happen. Um, I've I've had uh, marijuana cookies before, which are similar to brownies. You make a batch of twelve cookies or something like that. All you need is one cookie. If you eat more than one cookie, you'll you'll get sick, and I've I've experienced that. 
Um, not to the point that this guy did. This guy was so sick, he was hallucinating. He thought he was going to die. and he was, he was dead, He apparently. thought he was dying, and he called 911 as a result. I wonder if he ate one brownie and expected it to kick in as fast as smoking marijuana. That's what I And think. then just kept eating them. Yep, that's what <laughs> I was going to eat. That's where I was going to go with this, because... Uh, People that are inexperienced with this or people that haven't done any research as this guy and his wife, who, by the way, is a cocaine addict. Uh, <laughs> well, a cocaine addict would uh, suggest cocaine. that she was always doing coke. She went on you a, go on a three-week three binge, binge, you're a coke addict. She was just trying to lose a little weight. Um, diet. Obviously, Dexatrim. She got it for free, right? Yeah. Obviously, these people don't know what they're doing, and they didn't do any research at great websites like arrowwood.org. And I think there's actually a, a whole website out there to, devoted to how to cook marijuana. It's You Google cooking marijuana or marijuana brownies, and a whole list of websites will come up. It's not hard. Right. And so I, they obviously didn't know what they were doing, because if you if you even look um, a little bit into it, you'll you'll realize that you'll you'll come to understand that when you eat marijuana, it takes longer for the effects to kick in because it oh, makes perfectly good sense. Right. To me. I mean, <laughs> lo- logically, uh, the you know, the food has to sit in your belly and get eaten up by the acids in there and then processed through sure. your system. And by that time, it's finally getting into your bloodstream. And that's when you'll you'll finally start to uh, to feel the effects. So, no, you can't just shove a cookie in your mouth and expect to get high uh, within five minutes. It may take you as little as an hour, as much as three or four, uh, to actually start experiencing the Boy, the you've got to have some time to devote to this nonsense. You really do. It's, it's more of something that you really have to sort of plan out, you know, wake up in the morning and eat a cookie or something like that. Or, you know, you have to, you have to be able to time these things. And so I'm betting that's I, – I think you're right, Julia. I think that they, uh, they ate a cookie – Gave it five or ten minutes, and then ate it or ate a brownie, and then ate another brownie, and gave it another five or ten minutes. And by the time it, the first one finally started kicking in, uh, they were way, way beyond the uh, the point of no return. And a few hours <laughs> later, they thought they were dying. <laughs> I've never so hallucinated from marijuana, so that's a lot of marijuana. And uh, how long does it last? If you it eat? lasts longer than uh, than smoking it, uh, you'll you'll come up. It's a slower come up as well. Uh, it may take you 45 minutes to actually fully get into, uh, maybe even more than that. It's been a while since I've done it. Um, but it, it takes you a, a, a good amount of time. You start feeling the effects, and you can slowly feel them come on. And I can only imagine that this, you know, these guys started really uh, getting sick after a, after a while. But it can, I would say it can last four to six hours, the, hmm. actual, the actual high, once it actually kicks in. You know that 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 seems very scary to me. The the whole idea of being you know that long, out, no control. Mm, no well, thanks. if you have one brownie, then it's no big yeah. deal. Then you just get really high. Mm. But if you eat the whole batch, you're gonna get sick. Anyway, he's not facing any charges. Uh, let's see, he did. I res- think that's the worst part about this is that uh, you know he, his wife is admitted to taking uh, drugs out of his car. Um, they've they've taken on more than one occasion uh, drugs, you know, that, that were evidence mm-hmm. and uh, used them themselves, which says to me that they were doing it often enough. And uh, no charges. Yep, and it's fair to say, according to the uh, the article over at Salem News. It's fair to say that many people who face similar circumstances in this country see a substantially different outcome, including arrest, court, prosecution, fines, jail, and maybe even prison time. There's always probation and private corporations offering counseling that a person's mandated to attend and pay for. But Mr. Sanchez didn't get any of that. He's completely off the hook. So 
Isn't that nice? It's good to be a police officer in America. Not only can you get away with murder, like we've uh, talked about recently with the death squad in Delaware, the police death squad, uh, but you can also get away with taking all the drugs you want to, and hey, no problem. I would say the majority majority of them don't do that. The majority of them don't take drugs? Right. I don't know. They I, might not take them, them and eat alcohol. them, but I'll take them. I'll bet they take them and sell them. What, what I mean, take them is uh, you think the majority of cops uh, steal uh, from the evidence locker the the drugs that they confiscate. I didn't I say the majority of them did. I just said I don't know. I there, said there's sh- no way to tell, of course, but I mean, you you got to wonder what they do with all that. Those drugs. They- we see an awful lot of stories. Anyway, Sanchez, a few more details. He resigned from the police department, declined to comment uh, to the <laughs> De- Detroit Free Press. And his uh, police commander also failed to comment. Why should they talk about it? Well, I mean, if they if they talk about this, they're just going to make themselves look bad. Right. They, they feel no obligation to the public to talk about it. Right. What, what would a cop say to the, the question of, why didn't you charge this guy? What would they say to it? Eh, we didn't feel like it. Right. We're, we're your betters anyway. We're, we're still investigating. Yeah. That's why are you asking this question, citizen? Sanchez offered... Two versions of how they came into contact with the marijuana. At one point, he said that his wife took the marijuana out of his police vehicle while he was sleeping. In a subsequent interview, he admitted that he got the marijuana out of the car himself and put it into the brownie mix. Mm. So there you go. Scumbag. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Tord in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tord. Uh, the Gord Captain. I'm sorry? That's the name, the Gord Captain. The Gord Captain. What's on your mind? Well... Hot and cocaine are all well and good, but there's a much dreader addiction facing Americans. What's that? Red tomato addiction. Red tomatoes. Well, how's that found on that, would you? Yeah. 92.4% of juvenile delinquents have eaten tomatoes. <laughs> 87.1% of the adult criminals and penitentiaries throughout the United States have eaten tomatoes. Mm, we need a crackdown, don't we? Sounds like a gateway drug to me. Former reliably informed of all known American communists, 92.3% have eaten tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Eighty-four percent of all people killed in automobile accidents during the year 1984 had eaten tomatoes. I want to crack down. I want enforcement. I think your numbers might be a little low. We need jail for this. You know what? I think he's making a great point. Yes. And this is the same point. And thank you for the call. He's Uh, making the same point that uh, the the government tries to make when they say, well, uh, 98% of all people in jail have smoked marijuana. As though that means that it's because you smoke marijuana, it's more likely that you'll go to jail. That's right. not true. It, it, that doesn't follow. It's logically inconsistent. And so it's the same thing here. Well, 97% of people who've ridden motorcycles started by driving cars. Or, or 97% of people that are in jail ate tomatoes in this case. So just absurd. Great call. Thanks for, the, thanks for making it. 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, completely free, including archives and entire year's worth of the show, right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Just go get them. They're free. freetalklive.com. Do you know that nine out of ten lawsuits in the world are filed in the United States? Any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they are experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see that at 
you'll see that KeepYourAssets.net can help you be protected against those that wish to take your assets. There you go. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Let's go to Kevin in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Kevin. Hey, guys. Um, I'm just here at a uh, Ron Paul activist uh, thing in front of the Georgia Republican Convention. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've got about, uh, we had a lot of them uh, buggered off, but we had about uh, 10 people out here. Um, And we were right in front of the uh, building where they were letting everyone walk through, and then they kicked us out of there and said, "Here, here's a, a little designated area for you guys to go stand and, mm-hmm. and hold your signs." So, are you guys the uh, only one there with signs, or the only ones? Are there are Giuliani supporters and other supporters there? The only other person there was holding a uh, um, the bill that's currently going through about immigration. I see. Um, yeah, that, that was the only other person there that was saying, you know, no to that. So. Well, the activists are really getting out there. They're really, uh, really doing things. That's good news. Yeah, it was my uh, and it was my first time, so I'm trying to get prepared for uh, my move to uh, New Hampshire. So <laughs> this is a, a big deal for me. So did you uh, did you organize this, or how did it get put together? Um, there's actually some groups on Yahoo for Ron Paul, and mm-hmm. you can actually find a state specific one. Right. Um, and then I also there's a uh, I think a meetup. Uh, think. Um, where they organize meetings like this, and that's mm-hmm. where I found out all this information. So great! Oh, well, great um, way to get coming... your feet wet. Did you make your own yeah. sign, or uh, did they provide those for you? They actually had provided some, and they we had some pamphlets that we ran out of. So I'm going to try to go get some more of those printed. But uh, it's good, but you know, like you said, a good way to get my feet wet. And uh, actually, if uh, anyone else in Georgia is listening, um, we're coming out again tomorrow at 9 a.m. So it's at the uh, Gwinnett uh, Civic Center. Great! Hey, keep up the good work, Kevin. We appreciate it. Anything else on your mind? Nope, that was it. Just thanks, let you know. Thanks for your call. 800-259-9231. It's great. Uh, it's a good idea if you're organizing any sort of sign-holding event to really always bring extras because there are going to be people that, you know, they just didn't have time to make their own sign and all they really have time for is to just come by and stand with you for a little while. You want to have, uh, you know, a, a bunch of extra signs there so you can hand those out to people that just, you know, just happen to show up or people that show that didn't have the time to make signs, that sort of thing. So. Ten people is a really good turnout, especially for somewhere for other New than New Hampshire. New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, congratulations to him. Let's go to Eric in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric. Eric? Oh, hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, so I heard you guys just talking about Ron Paul. I yes. didn't hear the beginning of it, but have you talked about the petition to ban Ron Paul from other debates? Now, it's my Isn't understanding Michigan? that yeah, the, the Michigan uh, our, our, uh, Republican RNC, yeah, yeah, RNC National guy or whatever. Um, had suggested that, there would, uh, that they would do such a thing. Um, and that he has since retracted and um, and supposedly apologized. Well, they had to take their contact information off their website because so many people oh, yeah, were, were calling them. them. <laughs> pounding them. Okay, well, I, that's great then. Yes. But now that's the Michigan that. guy. Now, I've also heard, and I think that it might be just a, I, I haven't seen any news sources or anything, but I think that it might just be a uh, sort of a washover from the Michigan thing, that people sort of got confused about the facts that the national RNC is proposing to uh, ban him from debates. But really? he's all, I just heard it, and I don't think that it's true. Um but but he's uh, you know I'm on all these Ron Paul uh, right. sites and I get their little updates and um, you know anybody could have written that as a blog post and it th- doesn't make it true just because sure. somebody said it um, but he's supposed to be in the New Hampshire debate in uh, early June and I don't you know it'd be very strange Seems unlikely to kick him that out. they would retract the invitation. the guy that won you know the last two debates to kick him out uh, that sounds very suspicious there you go do you have any other thoughts 
Uh, well, just about Ron Paulo. So um, on my uh, forum, which I go to, it's a gaming forum, and, and this just shows how the uh, tentacles of Ron Paul have influenced across the Internet. On the off-topic section, there's already a thing about Ron Paul, and, and there's just supporters coming from everywhere. So he's kind of spreading a bit like wildfire, I guess. That's excellent. Thank you for the call, Eric. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I mean, it's really, he's quite a phenomenon, isn't he, that Ron Paul? I'm amazed. I, I can't believe it. Did you see the uh, CNN article by uh, uh, Roland S. Martin? No, what's that? I, I actually have it. Do you want me to read it? It's very good. Uh, yeah, uh, well, actually, hold off, because we've okay. got a, co- a couple other callers. But, uh, you know, Julia, you you, uh, you were t- telling me the other night that you don't really understand why people are so excited about Ron Paul, right? Uh, th- that's not exactly it. Um, I understand why people are excited about Ron Paul. I certainly don't really um, like all of the... Uh, it, it seems like a, a lot of people paint Ron Paul with this, like, perfect uh, politician. Well, he's not Jesus. Yeah, and, and I just... I. He's a politician, and I don't like any politicians. To me, with the candidates that I've seen, he seems to be the best, so that's who I'd vote for because voting for a libertarian candidate is just a waste. I'll take any candidate that oh, proposes no. to return me, uh, return me uh, my freedoms. It's never a waste to vote for someone that, that agrees with your uh, principles. But I just don't see – I don't feel like the future is bright for Ron Paul. I hope I'm wrong. I, it, it, you know, I didn't. I certainly wasn't as optimistic as I was, uh, as I have been after the debates. I see the online polls. Look, it's there in black and white. He won, or at least came very close to winning. He, he performed extraordinarily well in the last two debates, and and gosh. he's moving up. Uh, you told me off the air, I think, last mm-hmm. night about a, uh, I guess a, a real poll. Right. Uh, was it Gallup or something? Reuters. I think it was. Uh, no, maybe it was Gallup. Whatever. Anyway, they did a real poll, but it was only of Republican primary voters. Right, in New Hampshire. Oh, in New Hampshire, okay. Uh, they only did a poll of Republican primary voters, and Ron Paul had moved up from like 3% to 5%. Was it? No, it was, it was 1%, 1% to 3%. 1% to 3% in the last uh, three polls. So now, he's that, on its own, gains. that on its own is decent. I mean, right. that's, now, that's decent. just Republican primary voters, and in New right. Hampshire, it doesn't matter whether you're registered Republican, registered Democrat, or registered, uh, or what is it, what's it, not, uh, not declared. Undeclared, yeah. Um, you know, so big deal. Um, anybody could vote in the Republican primary. That's true, but, but I... I'm surprised that I, I guess I haven't really been watching the the pundits or anything. But what you're going to see is you're going to see the pundits take those numbers and they're going to just crow them from the rooftops and mm-hmm. say, "See, see, we told you it was the internet activists. Ron Paul's got three percent in the polls. He's nothing. He's nobody. This isn't worth even talking about. We just wanted to let you know Ron Paul is a nobody. That's going to be their position. But the fact is." It's my uh, suggestion that Ron Paul's base of support does not exist among the the Republican primary voters. Right. I, I would think that the people that would be um, most excited about Ron Paul would be people that are very uh, you know disenchanted with the Republican Party. I am. I know that I wouldn't go to a Republican primary um, normally and vote. I just wouldn't care enough. Exactly. So there's a large amount of Americans out there, the silent majority, as I call them, that are that are getting wind of Ron Paul, and they're the ones that are voting the internet polls, and their names aren't going to show up on the call list for mm-hmm. these uh, for these polls of registered, you know, Republican primary voters. Right. You've got to be a you've got to really be a Republican Partyite 
to vote in Republican par- and primaries for the most part. You've right. really got to be a, a fixture in the party. But here in New Hampshire, um, we have an v- extraordinary um, activist network of people that would call themselves libertarians or liberty-minded mm-hmm. or patriots or something like that. And um, those people may not be registered as Republicans. They may not be, um, you know, they may not vote in re- Republican primaries, but they can walk in that day, the day of the primary, say, I'm a Republican, and they can get a Republican ballot, um, and right. they can go in there and vote for Ron Paul. I don't think that these polls matter one whit. What matters is what happens in New Hampshire, and Ron Paul will be in till um, New Hampshire. I'm sure of that. And Hope he will so. continue to be in the debates, and he will continue to mop the floor with these big government conservatives out there, these pro-war hawks that just make the Republican Party look awful. It sh- he, it sh- as Julia says, he may be a politician, but he is a politician well, that I agree yeah. with on like 90% of the, uh, That's of the, the thing. issues. I which mean, is unprecedented amongst politicians. We're going to have a president no matter what. He might as well be the best choice. So, I mean, right. obviously I'm going to vote for Ron Paul. So far, unless a better choice right, comes exactly. out. Right, exactly. You know, we'll see. Uh, or unless Ron Paul is defeated, which is also a, a possibility. Only time will tell. But for right now, I think he's doing a really impressive job. I think he's He's doing a fine job of communicating liberty to a lot of people who have never heard of it before. And that on its own is immensely valuable to me. 800-259-9231. Francisco's on the way. Your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of virtually anything that you purchase, including used items. They'll give us a percentage on that, too. Just go in through amazon.freetalklive.com, shop in there, 41 categories of products, Add whatever you need to your shopping cart. Check out. You'll have it delivered to your door in a matter of days. And in many cases, free super saver shipping. You get great prices, and you help Free Talk Live at the same time. You really can't beat it. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones and talk to Francisco in New Jersey. Francisco, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, if you guys remember a couple, maybe a couple months back, I called and I told you about a group in my school, Rebel, which is... um, Reaching everyone by Susan Lies, who, you know, are trying to fight, um, you know, smokers and such. Okay, wait. What are they, Okay, this is a uh, school club that's trying to fight smokers? Yes, like uh, they, you know, try to persuade people to stop smoking and such. So they're rebelling against the smoking stuff? Advertising yes. or something? Yes, I guess. And uh, I, I called and I told you guys that uh, they were trying to pass get a law passed, you know, here in Atlantic City for the casino so they can smoke in the floor and everything. Wait, Rebel, a high school group is getting laws passed for uh, against they're, casinos? They're, they're helping they're helping promote the law. I see. But anyway, and you guys a couple maybe a couple of weeks back had a guy call in who um told you that he sold I believe it was either cigarette or alcohol to an underage girl who was working with the with the state? Yeah, that's right. He, I think it was alcohol. He was working at a liquor store, convenience right. store, or something like that. Well, this group, Rebel, was trying to get people to sign up for this. To, to be the, the little kids that yes. go in there and masquerade as though they're older than they actually are? Yes. Okay. And try to buy it. And one of their best selling points was, 
It looks great on college applications. Really? Yes. The fact that you're a little a little snitch rat? I mean, that's I, pretty I, much a snitch job, isn't it? I guess so. And, uh, you know, I went up to the rebel president, and I spoke to her. And she was, she was all for it, you know, like, yeah, sure, have them go in there. You know, we don't want them selling the kids. Right, got to catch those lawbreakers. Yeah. Because kids sure won't get their cigarettes through other means. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just really bothered me today, you know. You know, I don't think that I, even, you know, even if and I'm sure there are uh, stores out there that do it on purpose, that sell to minors um, cigarettes on purpose. I remember I uh, used to get alcohol. Because they don't care. Right, because for whatever reason, they don't care. I used to get alcohol when I was a minor by going to this one particular store, and then they, I guess they had some trouble, and they decided not to do that anymore, and mm-hmm. so they stopped, whatever. Um, and I certainly bought cigarettes as a minor. It wasn't such a big deal back then. Um, you know, they didn't always ID you. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. If they ID'd you, you left. Yep. You, you know, but, I, oh, I... I was just saying that it, it, I don't think it's this... You know, I don't think you're going to stop them. They're, they're going to figure out other ways to get their cigarettes. When I was... 12 years old, I smoked cigarettes for three months or something like that for no reason whatsoever. But I used to steal the cigarettes. I didn't buy them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so this is just going to encourage kids to I can't to say steal. I've never stolen a pack of cigarettes. Uh, I, you little thugs. Yeah. <laughs> Young. Yeah, just stupid. I <laughs> Francisco, any other thoughts? Um, uh, awesome. uh, one of your amplifiers called in about the Liberty Card. Yeah. I just got mine delivered today. We got ours today, too. They're yeah, pretty they're slick. Nice. Uh, aren't cool. they? Yeah, they they are very good. It's libertycard.org uh if you want to if you want to grab some for yourself and if you are a Free Talk Live listener, you get free shipping, which uh, apparently the shipping on these things is uh, is fairly expensive. It's like 7 bucks to ship 300 cards to us. So yeah. that free shipping deal is a pretty good deal. Head over to libertycard.org. So you're bringing those to school, I take it, huh? I am, definitely. Uh, let us know how that works out cuz I actually had a I had a a young gentleman down in Sarasota who I used to uh used to know who brought some world's smallest political quizzes into his high school and he was brought to the principal's office for it. Right. Well, uh, at least these have the world's smallest political quiz on the back. That's correct. So yeah. let us know if you get into any uh, hot water over distributing political propaganda <laughs> on campus. Thanks for the call, Francisco. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think it's a good point, Julia, that uh, if you restrict sales of cigarettes, kids are going to do whatever it takes to get their hands on them. They're either going to steal them right off the shelf from the or store, from their parents, or from their parents, or buy them from Big Brother or Big Sister right. or whatever. Yeah, there, there doesn't seem to be any shortage of ways to get cigarettes. No, certainly not. So um, just increasing the laws and the regulations on that, all it does is just give the police more power and allows them to arrest store clerks who, you know, they, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just selling products. Now, high school students aren't even old enough to go or to, to gamble. They probably don't spend a lot of time at casinos. Why do they care if people smoke in casinos? Because smoking's bad. It's evil. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Let's go to Puke in New Hampshire on the amplifier line. Hey, Puke. Uh, good evening. Um, when you guys were talking about that uh, cop story, it made me think of uh, a commercial from the Grand Theft Auto game series. You're talking about the cop who, uh, for those just tuning in, the cop who stole some marijuana from one of his, uh, from one of his, I guess, people that he busted, and uh, and then just took it for himself. Uh, what about it? Yeah, and so whenever I hear stories about this, I always think of this commercial that I heard, and I'm going to read a little transcript of it for you. Okay. And I just think it's hilarious. Um, you know, just think of this as a commercial. Hey, is is there a job where I can shoot someone or sexually molest them and then not get in trouble? There sure is. Listen, I'm power hungry, paunchy, and balding. How can I be a hero? 
by shooting people for the state. Become one of Liberty City's finest, and you'll be a hero today. All it takes is two weeks training and a non-refundable deposit for your uniform and bullets, and you're ready to enforce the law. Finally, get the respect you deserve as a member of the Liberty City Police Department. You'll always be right, meet new members of your community, and beat them senseless for getting on your nerves. Or because you're drunk, become the law. I'm on a power trip that lasts a lifetime. At long last, you're a man. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Become one of Liberty City's finest and roll today. Wow. That's, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> I love yeah. those games. Yeah, that, that commercial I, always sticks in my mind. I had liked, I had enjoyed those games, but now they're uh, that that now the ranks them in one of my favorites. Really, really funny. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, hey, just as a point of those. go ahead, uh, the point of a point of clarification, I don't believe that Liberty City in fact has its own police department that it's uh, Miami Dade that patrols. Well, Liberty City is a It's uh, New York City, isn't it? Fake. No. Yeah, so, the game no, is New York not. City. No, but in the game, like, they have cities that are like real cities, but they call them something else, oh. but they really look like Liberty City is really New York City, and it looks exactly like New York City, but they just give it another name. I see. I, I haven't played the game. Right. Obviously, I'm an old codger, but um, there is, in fact, a Liberty City oh. in uh, Miami, Florida. Oh, okay. Well, there you right. go. So I just wanted to share that with anybody who wanted a little chuckle. That That's was certainly funny. amusing, Puke. Thank you for the, uh, thank you for the call. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It sounds like they that they got it down with that uh, that copy for that commercial because <laughs> really uh, I think Puke was actually pointing it out in the chat um, the amplifier only chat room here a little while ago um, that when when people who are thuggish hear that they can get away with crimes as a police officer because the stuff makes the news cops murder somebody and don't get charged. They, in fact, in many Not cases, every time, but uh, there are it, plenty it of there are happened. enough instances that we've reported on this show. In many cases, they'll get a medal after they've murdered somebody. Uh, so. Not only can you get away with murder, but you can also take drugs and things like that. So this this story about this cop taking the drugs from uh, from suspects is just going to to uh, to tweak those people out there that want that sort of a lifestyle. They're going to say, hey, you know what? I like drugs. And uh, I could have a uniform and, and take all the drugs I want to take and maybe even sexually molest people and that sort of thing. I mean, they can really get away with a lot of crimes that most people would never be able to get away with because they're in uniform. And they get all the cops to back them up every, almost every single time. 800-259-9231. Uh, coming up still tonight, we've got the story about the, the top ten uh, the top ten myths surrounding divorce, and I think we should probably jump into those because we did promise that we'd get to them. So, Mark, let's just recap uh, numbers ten and nine. I guess we did the first two last night. Let's do a quick recap on those. And right, continue. we were just you know going through the top ten uh, myths and divorce on this uh, this website. It's uh, marriage.reuters.edu. Excuse me, Rutgers. Um, one, because people learn from their bad experiences, second marriages tend to be more successful than first marriages. Not true. Living together before marriage is a good way to reduce the chances of eventually divorcing. Also, not true. In fact, we were looking at... Uh, I was Actually, I was looking at the Wikipedia page about divorce last night, and according to the Wikipedia page, which it didn't cite its source, so it's questionable, mm -hmm. but according to them, they're claiming that the old... the claim that you constantly hear and that we made last night about 50% of marriages end in divorce, they claim that's not true. They claim that the, um, those numbers peaked at about 41% back in the 1980s and nowadays are in the 30th, uh, 30 percentile. Wow, I find it hard to imagine that's true, but okay. But that's just what they, it's just what Wikipedia claims. I mean, there, again, there's no source cited for that. Uh, but nonetheless, 
we got about eight more minutes to go. We'll mm-hmm. get to those coming up here. Also, Pretty Pills, what's that all about? 1-800-259-9231. And your calls about whatever's on your mind. Plus, FEMA has once again disarmed the populace. We'll explain. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We're going to start things out this hour. Of course, your calls are primary if you make them. But we're talking about the top ten myths about divorce. And Mark has the list, so let's continue. Now, in regards to number ten, I just want to comment on you that real quick. You know what ten is? What is number ten? Oh. oh, you meant number one. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'm I sorry. We don't count these down. Normally, we go in 10, to, 10 to 1. Okay. Uh, he said 10 and 9. That's I thought why. it was 10 and 9. No, it's 1 and 2. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Well, is that, could you read it again? Because people learn from their bad experiences, second marriages tend to be more successful than their first marriage. That's a myth. It's not right. true. It's a myth that people learn from their bad experiences. <laughs> well, now, I've never been married, and I've never been divorced, but I can say that with each relationship... They've gotten better because I've learned from my past experiences and sort of gotten a taste for what I don't want and what I do want. So I don't. Know. I guess that's because marriage completely changes everything. Yeah, I've never been married. I'm just in re- terms of relationships. They've gotten better as each. I don't know that marriage completely changes everything. I know some people are going to claim that their relationships are just the same, but my, I do. You come home and you give me stories from people that you meet at work, just random customers that'll complain about how awful awful their relationship has become since they've been married, right? The old dudes that like to hang around and look at the young girls. Well, it's it's interesting to me that you you won't listen to lots of types of complaining, but you'll certainly listen to somebody complaining about marriage. I don't understand. Well, I I understand. You have a a vendetta against marriage in general. No, I don't. I have no objection to the concept of marriage. I was going to get married to my last girlfriend. I, I've, I've known you for a very long time, and I, I say that with authority. Well, then why, how do you explain that I was going to get married? Uh, that, that you felt like you didn't have a choice. Like you, you were yeah, just, there's you, a you little get, bit more to that. You were getting that. wrangled. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. It but was how, a voluntary how, choice. I don't think yeah, it was there's a voluntary a choice. Yeah, involved in that. But I think there was a certain amount of coercion. Yes, there certainly well, was. Well, initially there might have been a little coercion, but uh, not towards the end. Towards the end it was really more for uh, we were going to get money. Out of it. See, see, there's a reason behind it. You didn't want to get married because you wanted to get married. You wanted some money. Well, uh, anyway, uh, I'm not totally <laughs> against it. Uh huh. Let's uh, go number on three. with the divorce. <laughs> <myths>. <laughs> Ian hates being put on the hot seat. Yes, he does. Number three, divorce may cause problems for many of the children who are affected by it, but by and large, these problems are not long-lasting. The children recover relatively quickly. False. Divorce increases the risk of interpersonal uh, problems in children. There's evidence, both from small um, oh, yeah. qualitative studies and from large-scale long-term empirical studies, that many of these problems are long-lasting. In fact, they may even become worse than adulthood. Number four, having a child together will Do help... Do people really think that divorce doesn't hurt kids? Um, I mean, kids are messed up by that stuff. I, I think that it's so common that people d- do think that. I see what you mean. It is common. Out of my, when I was growing up, I think I was one of the only ones of my friends who did not have div- 
Me too. I, I feel mean, that way too. Yeah. My parents were still together and still are, and all of my friends would go to their dads or their moms on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I, I can understand what Ian is saying. Who wants to see their parents fighting all the time? I hated it when my parents fought. There's, that, that, it, it addresses that in the, um, shortly. Okay. Well, that's, but by the way, that's a tricky situation to be in. As, as a set of parents, you know, typically if, if a set of parents isn't getting along, they'll usually say, and they, if they have kids, they'll usually say, well, honey, let's stay together just right. for the kids, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the right thing to do. But I don't know. you got to wonder, is it is it better to... Keep two people together in the same household that that are that are not liking each other anymore. That might you know that might promote more arguments and more conflict in the home. Well, or wonder to, no to more. Number six apart. addresses it. Okay. Right. And the worst is when they start talking about each other, like, "Oh, your dad's such a jerk," or "Your mm. mom is," you know, and the kid has to sit yeah, through that. Tough. That's awful. It's really tough. Number four, having a child together will help a couple to improve their marital satisfaction and prevent a divorce. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, I th- anyway, many studies have uh, shown that the most stressful time in a marriage is after the first child is born. Not that that says anything about uh, the statement, but couples who have children together have a slightly decreased risk of divorce compared to couples without children. The de- decreased risk is far less than it um, than it used to be when parents were with marital problems were more likely to stay together for the sake of the children. So, this statement has nothing to do with the uh, you know sort of the the myth. Um, having children together will cause a couple to improve their marital satisfaction and prevent divorce. Not likely. I mean, if you don't get along, you don't get along. Um, if, if for whatever reason it might be. Yeah. Um, I. I think that they're they're you know it, it might cause uh, certain people to settle down a little bit. So I mean, there's there's probably a, a little bit. I'm not saying it's a I large know, percentage. Man. Just saying some people might cause them to settle down a little bit. Uh, I don't know what to say to that. I think it's an awful idea. If you aren't if you aren't in a uh, a good relationship, don't complicate it by bringing a kid in. It's good yeah. advice. That's the, that's the worst thing that you can do, especially to the kid. I mean, look at what we just talked about with uh, kids and how they react to divorce and how it's damaging to them. <laughs> I mean, that's just not good. And the sad thing is a lot of people think that way. They say, well, our relationship is bad, so, so let's let's have a kid, and it will make things better. It will bring mm. us closer together, and yep. that's just not the case. I think, I think you're right. Um, you know, the fact is that humans generally think they're different than other humans, but the best indicator of what's going to make you happy is what made other people happy. Mm. And if the evidence is that, uh, and, and the evidence here appears to be that, well, it says slightly, um, that if you have a child, you have a slightly decreased risk of divorce compared to couples without children. Um, so I don't think that the evidence that's is That's probably very only because people stay, stay together, together for the, the sake children. of their kids. Yeah. Um, I think that well, that and they're they're you know having a child, they're they're a re, you know the reduced value of a, their commodity is reduced in value on the dating market. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sorry, that's just the way that is. So I think I think you're right. Okay, moving on. Number five, following divorce, the woman's standard of living plummets by seventy three percent, while the man's improves by forty two percent. I'd never heard that. I didn't either. It sounds like uh, seems to me this uh, garbage. That's, yeah, that's outrageous. Seems this, to me that women make out uh, like bandits after many divorces. Um, this dramatic inequity, one of the most widely publicized statistics from the social sciences, was later found to be based on a faulty calculation. The real analysis of data determined that the women's loss was 27%, while the man's gain was 10%, irrespective of the magnitude of the differences. The gender gap is real and seems not to have narrowed much in the recent decades. 
You know, I, I mean, I, I know that it's not fair, but women aren't as valuable in the job market as men are. Because um, if I, as a male, could at any time, without any warning, come down with an illness that could separate me from work for... Nine months? Uh, yeah, three months to uh, six years. And now with the new laws that are in place, um, you know, as far as workplace uh, you know, fairness and all that crap, um, then... Mandatory pregnancy yeah. leave. Is right, what you're, you're, you're forced to uh, take that person back. You know, I can see why I wouldn't be as valuable in the job market. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm just saying that's reality. Yeah. So, um, and also, well, you're saying it's government. It's the government law that has uh, has imposed that. I mean, normally, if uh, if there weren't that government regulation, if that government regulation wasn't there that says, okay, if your female employee gets pregnant, then you have to pay her for X amount of months. Uh, you just have to keep paying her, even though she's not coming to work. No, you don't have to pay them with the... Yeah, you know, I don't... You, you, they can just go. But oh, you, you can't leave, fire them. But you, they, right. have to, they have to take you, you back. Have to rehire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, in some... Okay, maybe it's not that way yet in America, but I think in France and some other social, more socialist countries, right. they do have mandatory you, you pregnancy a, pay. You read a story on the air, actually, about Britain starting that law, and it was... It, yeah. They had extended it from to like a year. You have mm -hmm. to pay them for a year or something <laughs> to not work. Right. So when there are laws like that in place, that's a serious uh, that's a serious impediment to women getting hired. But if those laws weren't in place, then it would just simply be an agreement between a, an employer and a and a lady. I and, think it exacerbates like, look, the the situation. You get uh, knocked up. There's a chance you lose your job. I think it exacerbates the the, the uh, sure. situation. But I think that there still would be that inequity. Okay. You know? I mean, it's just the situation. Sorry. Um, yep. When parents don't get along, children are better off if their parents divorce than if they stay together. That's a myth. At recent, um, a recent large-scale long-term study suggests otherwise. While it found that parents' marital unhappiness and discord have some broad negative impact on virtually every dimension of their children's well-being, so does the fact of going through a divorce. In examining the negative impacts on children more closely, the study discovered that it was the, only the children in very high-conflict homes who benefited from the conflict removal that divorce might bring. In lower-conflict marriages, the end, um, that ended divorce, and the study found that perhaps as many as two-thirds of the divorces were of this type, the situation of the children was made much worse following a divorce. That makes sense. So it depends on the situation and right. how much is going on on the home front. What do we have, three more? Yep, uh, four more, uh, seven through ten. 1-800-259-9231. If you've got comments, maybe you are someone who's been through a divorce or two and uh, you'd like to speak to some of these, feel free. This is your show and you can take control. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free, including updates. You just get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Get on the uh, the list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. As we uh, continue to discuss divorce, the top ten myths 
surrounding divorce. We're debunking them. Uh, and where does this come from, Mark? What's the source on this, by the Rutgers way? Rutgers University. Rutgers University. So they've done studies. Yes, uh, so there's we, footnotes on this, for God's sake. There are four more that we've got to get to, but we're going to go to the phones first Good. and talk to Devin in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Devin. Hello. Hi. What's on your mind? Well, while you guys are just talking about divorce, our state legislature here is doing something to make it better for all those people. Is that right? Oh, good. Yeah, they're uh, going to charge each uh, couple that gets a divorce $10 fee. Swell. Uh, that'll change what? everything. There's not a fee for divorce already? Well, that's well, there's lawyer's fees, cost right? involved, you know. But uh, they're going to make a fee, and it's all going to go towards, uh, like, women's services type of... Yeah, God knows it has to go through women's services. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, as though as though divorce is just a, a a terrible thing for women, and then they'll tell you that you know the feminists will tell you that divorce is a terrible thing for women that it um, they take a shot in their earnings and all that uh, gobbledygook. But they'll also tell you that marriage is a terrible thing for women too. Apparently, the only thing um, good for women, single. according to the feminists, is uh, being a lesbian. Yes, or single. Seems good to me. It, it's, well, it's certainly not. It's certainly not persuading most women. Well, it is only $10, and it's going to help people. Yeah, right. That's great. <laughs> sure it is. I'm shocked <laughs> that there's not already a filing fee for divorces. You can just oh. walk in there and get a divorce without paying the government anything? I mean, they, they charge you for a marriage certificate. Now, Why wouldn't they charge you for a divorce? I wonder how much of the money will actually really go to women's services. Because, for example, the state lottery in Florida, when they... I, I don't remember exactly the history of it, but when they started that up, they claimed that they were going to give their money to education, but what mm. they actually did was give it to a general pot, and then some of it went to education. <laughs> so I wonder if they're going to do something similar with this. Who knows? There's always some sort of bureaucratic sleight of hand that's going on behind the scenes. Devin, did you, uh, did you, have you been through a divorce yourself? Oh, no, no, I haven't. I see. Are you married? Yeah, I am. Everything going all right? Congratulations. Yeah, it's been almost 25 years, actually. Kids? Wow. It's going all right. Do you have kids? Uh yeah I do and they're out of the house now so did did uh, did the kids change your uh, your marriage at all was uh, were the, were the kids a uh, an emergency move to to better the marriage or did they just pr- did things pretty much stay the same for you uh it made things more stressful overall really you know but uh, you know things just worked through but uh, yeah it does, it didn't make anything easier that's for sure <laughs> no doubt about it how anyone could think that a kid is going to make their marriage better I not sure. But, uh, Devin, thanks for the call. We appreciate okay, it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Stressful, I would say, is the right word, right? I mean, even if you even if you have a really good relationship with your significant other, with your spouse, uh, you bring a kid into that relationship, now there's all kinds of other things you've got to figure out. Who's going to change the diapers and when? And who's going to be responsible for, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it is you need to do to have and a kid. And if you have different opinions, like, let's say, I want my kid to go to government schools but you want my kid or our kid to go to private schools Oops. then you have a conflict of interest there yeah. or on all kinds of issues not just schooling i mean if sure. when parents disagree what to who feed wins? the kid yeah what if one what if one parent's a vegetarian yeah well yes i can see that there'd be problems but that's one of the reasons that you uh you know you, you look hard for the right spouse yes. and you agree on a lot of things absolutely um I- anyway i was uh you know talking uh with my wife about uh you know having kids and that kind of thing. And, oh, it's and, come up again now, has it? Um, well, I, I think this was sometime in the past. Oh, okay. But anyway, we were... Because I know that you've been trying to kind of keep quiet about that, so she doesn't... I don't know. I mean, I, we'll, we'll see how it bring goes. Bring it up. Um, I, it's it's going to happen. If we stay married, we're going to have kids. <laughs> um, and I imagine we're going to stay married. So anyway, the uh, what we were talking about Will you about name was, your kid Manwich? Um, I was going to name him... Uh, 
Thor Stormbringer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll have a, a boy or girl. I would prefer to have a girl. I think they're cuter and nicer. Oh, but they belong on the top of ambulances. What? Girls on the top of ambulances? They are so whiny, little <laughs> girls. They cry way more than little boys. <laughs> well, the way that goes. Anyway, what what now? Um, anyway, we were talking about uh, vaccinations and uh, sort of. I I don't really like the idea of vaccinations. I I received. Um, I've I've gotten uh, listener emails saying that I um that, that I shouldn't discuss this. But why? Uh, uh, but anyway, I've gotten vaccinations that made me ill. Um, I I got a, a flu vaccination twice. One, um, you know, two years, one after the another, and I the sickest that I've ever been from those vaccinations. Right. I don't know why. I don't know if it was a reaction to the vaccination, to the dead um, uh, viruses. Well, of course, and that's what it, it was. But I didn't do well with it. And some, and and you know, the cases of autism have been linked. I don't know whether it's um, empirical studies or whatever, but to the vaccinations. Mm. And I just, I'm I'm not a big fan of vaccinations in general. But. Laura? And, well, and uh, Laura's like, she's not so sure about vaccinations either, but one of her friends told her, you should definitely get the whooping cough vaccination. And I'm like, look, if you don't believe in vaccinations, you should definitely not get the whooping cough vaccination. If that's the one, you know, I mean, if, if that's the most important one, then that's the one you shouldn't get because, you know, that's going to be the most dangerous one. And really, where are all the whooping cough uh Instances. I'm sure there. that there was much more whooping cough before the vaccinations. I'm sure that those vaccinations work 99% of the time. Probably right. It's just the question is, if will your kid be the 1%? Dead. Right. And or seriously d- uh, harmed. You know, at the time when you were, uh, you know, uh, when they were putting out these vaccinations, kids were much more of an asset to the family than they are now. Mm-hmm. Now, a kid costs as much as a fine Italian sports car. Um, there was a time when you had kids because they were going to help you on the farm or help yeah. you with the um, you know, earning money and that kind of thing. Now all you do is dump a, whole bu- dump, dump a quarter million dollars into them and send them out on their own. And then they hate you. And then you dump another quarter million dollars into them for the next 20 years <laughs> after that. You know, I mean, so uh, kids aren't the asset that they used to be in, 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 in right. you know, agrarian society. Yeah, that's true. So anyway. Let's let me continue. More myths. Because they're, they are more cautious in entering marital relationships and also have a strong determination to avoid the possibility of divorce, children who grow up in a home broken by divorce tend to have, a much, um, have, have, as, have as much success in their own marriages as those from intact homes. So basically, um, kids of it, divorce... It, they're saying it gives kids of, with a, um, who've been through divorce more resolve in their marriages, right. basically? that's the myth. Not true, huh? Right. Marriages uh, of the children of divorced actually have a much higher rate of divorce really? than the, children, the marriages of children from intact families. A major region, reason for this, according to a recent study, is that children learn about marital commitment or permanence by observing their parents. In the, in the children of divorce, the sense of commitment to a lifelong marriage has been undermined. I see. Yes. Number eight, following divorce, the children involved are better off in stepfamilies than in single-parent homes. Hmm. The evidence suggests that stepfamilies are no improvement over single-parent families, even though typically income levels are higher and there's a father figure in the home. Stepfamilies tend to have their own set of problems, including interpersonal conflicts with new parent figures. Yeah, the kids resenting stepdad or stepmom. And a high risk of family breakup. 1-800-259-9231. If you've got comments on the divorce myths, we'd love to hear from you. Or if you want to bring up whatever's on your mind, you can do that as well. This is your show, and that's why we call it Free Talk Live toll-free for you, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. show is Free Talk Live, and it's yours if you want to take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That would be the Cycle CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean? By heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is Shrine. .freetalklive.com, wrapping up the top ten myths about divorce. And I, I presume it's American divorce is what we're talking about here. It's Rutgers University uh, reporting. If you've missed the first eight myths, you can listen to our archives later tonight at freetalklive.com. Let's wrap these up. All the footnotes seem to be uh, from American written uh, yes. books and that kind of thing. Number nine, being very unhappy at certain points in a marriage is a good sign the marriage will eventually end in divorce. Oh, that seems silly. Yeah, that's a myth. All marriages have their ups and downs. Recent research using a large national sample found that 86% of people who were unhappily married in the late 80s and stayed with the marriage indicated when interviewed five years later that they were happier. Indeed, three-fifths of the formerly unhappy married couples rated their marriage as um, either very happy or quite happy. Great. So, worked out. Sometimes you just got to stick with it. Or number 10. Number 10, number one, whichever. It is usually men who initiate divorce proceedings. Mm. Two-thirds of all divorces are initiated by women. Uh, that would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. I guess I just speaking with women at work and pe- mostly at work, people I've known that have been married, uh, y- usually they they talk about how their their husband just wasn't what he thought they were going to be, and they divorce him. I, I don't know. I guess I just haven't spoken to a lot of men, but for some reason I've always just thought that women initiated divorce. How much do men. you think a factor is the gold digger factor as some, well? Somewhat, I'm sure. I'm sure that some What, they were women, expecting to get more money, or they they just want to get the money and well, run? Well, it depends on your situation, but some women can really bank on divorce. Exactly. So, you know, the idea being that they... I don't think they it's most um, can really bank on divorce unless they all? have, you know, kids... <laughs> Um, yeah, kids, kids certainly make it easier to to make money on um, uh, yes. divorce, and being in California helps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, most states are, are, are much closer to a, a fair when it comes to divorce proceedings. So two thirds of marriages, or two thirds of divorces rather, are initiated, initiated by, by women, women. Yes, for whatever reason. One recent study found that many of the reasons for this have to do with the nature of our divorce laws. For example, in most states, women have a good chance of receiving custody of their children. Mm-hmm. Because women are more um, more strongly want to keep their children with them, in states where there is a presumption of shared custody with the husband, the percentage of women who initiate divorces is much lower. How interesting! Mm. So also, they're using the government system to their benefit. Well, I, everybody wants to keep their kids, mm-hmm. and uh, but I think women are probably uh, right. you, you know they're the women, right? They want to nurture more and they want to keep their kids with them more. So you know those those issues. Um, are strong and and of course a lot of women who have children I mean they feel like they gave birth to the child and they breastfed the child so they Probably should true. be able to keep the child <laughs> and I mean can you argue with that it's, well you could if the if the dad is of a better character and that's true. you know isn't a drug addict or whatever I mean I actually certainly... knew I worked with a guy who told me that he got married very young and and his wife wanted a baby really bad mm-hmm. and so uh, they finally had a baby and she left about. Six months after the kid was born, she just said, oh, this isn't for me. And then she came back at when he was 12 years old or 15 years old, and, and she wanted to take custody of him, and her parents actually testified against her. Good. Yeah. 
Well, that it's very interesting. I you know I think that it should be. I think it should be start out on a fair field. It seems to me, um, if the father wants to, you know, be a, a, a dual ter- a caretaker, that seems like it should be fair. Now, I mean, character, I think, should definitely come into these uh, equations, sure. and you know, it just doesn't seem fair to me that you would naturally say, well, the woman should keep it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yes, Mark. The rate of, um, let's see. Also, the rate, the higher rate of women initiators is probably due to the fact that men are more likely to be badly behaved. Husbands, for example, are more likely than wives to have problems with drinking, drug abuse, and infidelity. Really? I don't know about Infidelity. that. Infidelity. It's just not true. I've seen statistics yeah. um, in other directions. Uh, you know, I think that I think that infidelity is something that's shared by both sexes. Also, they're going by statistics. I don't know about drinking and drug abuse. They're going by st- statistics to make that claim. And you remember, it was a couple years ago on this show, we did a, a what, what it was a pretty iconoclastic, I think, show about how it's actually the case that women are more abusive in the household than men are. It's just that the statistics don't bear it out because men are embarrassed about calling the police or calling you know whoever they need to to report such a and men such an are, abuse. are better at doling out abuse if they decide to do such a thing as far as they do more damage right sure they have more upper body strength well okay that may be the case but then again there's also the the factor where women uh, where men won't actually return the strikes right. against their women they'll just allow themselves I to wouldn't. be beaten I would just uh, you know I, I would go someplace uh, I'd go spend the night in a motel and then if it happened three times I'm out of there. Right, but would you call the police on her? No, I wouldn't call the police on most people. If you hit me, I wouldn't call the police. I understand that, Mark, but that's my point. Exactly. Most men don't call the police when their wife or their girlfriend attacks them for whatever reason. Um, And women, on the other hand, will call the police. And so that's why the statistics are much higher as far as uh, men attacking women when, in fact... It seems to be the case that women are more likely to be violent than it men are. It kind of bugs me a little bit because um, it sort of adds to the victim mentality. And when I was growing up, my parents were always way more strict about, on everything, but especially dating. You know, they never cared who my brother was dating, but they always cared who I was dating. They were always all up in my business, and I was always the more responsible one. And it was sort of that, well, you're a girl, so you could heard and it just always really bugged me and I think that just adds to that victim mentality. You know, I, I shudder to think that you were more responsible than your brother. I'm, I was and still am way more responsible than my brother. Well, you know, it, it's just it, parents deal with their uh, male and female cho- yes, children differently and, and I'm not saying that's fair or not. I mean, there's differences in the sexes and, um, you know, that, that that's going to happen. I was just talking to a client on the, the phone today and uh, um. You know, he was uh, he used different terminology than what I'm going to use here, but he has a little girl, uh, two and a half, and she's he's having another one. Uh, uh, Sydney would okay. be her name. Anyway, um, as though that matters. Well, I, anyway, the he well, it does matter to the little girl. She's going to need to Go have on. one of those names. The um, in his he has a little boy who's about the same age as his older daughter, whose name I do not know. Okay. Um, and he said, "Hey, you know, I'm only going to have to worry about one little boy. You're going to have to worry about." Thousands of them, you know. The he, he actually said, uh, you know, reference to male sexual organs instead. But you meaning well, when when they get to be dating age, you if you have a girl, right? Is what not he was me. It was suggest talking to the the um, the client that has the uh, girl child. You said to him that he's going. I didn't say it. any of this. He was um, relaying a story discussion with a friend of his. Oh, okay. I missed male, that part. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes, you were looking at those blinking boxes back there, <laughs> making sure that our audio sounded good. Let's go to the phones and talk to. I believe it is. Frieden in Sweden. Yes. Hello? Yes. Hello? It's Frieden? 
Yes. Are uh, you on a uh, speakerphone, Freedom? Uh, yeah, no, it's Frederick uh, calling uh, from Sweden. I, Frederick uh, calling I, from uh, Sweden. Uh, Do you are you on a speakerphone? Uh, yes, but it's can you remove the speakerphone because it's awful? Okay. Um, hmm. Is it very awful? We, we'll tolerate it if you if you just want to get your point out. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I just want to ask you. Uh, why do do you, uh, Americans always go down to New York City? Why do Americans always go down to New York City? No, why do you talk down to people from New Jersey? Oh, New Jersey. Well, it's the garbage state, uh, first and foremost. And secondly, there's just a lot of corruption. It's not the people in New Jersey that are the problem. It's the government that's the problem. Of course, one could make the claim that, well, the people get the government they deserve, and so if the people really didn't want all the corrupt government, then they could do something about it. But they inevitably don't do it. New Jersey is just one of the most corrupt of the, of the United States. Okay, because it seems like... Uh in every movie I watch or every television show or whatever, uh, they always reference New Jersey. The yeah, there are some, from what I'm told, there are some very nice parts of New Jersey, some pretty parts of New Jersey, but I've never seen them. I know um, a lot of people like to live in New Jersey so that they're close to New York City, but they don't actually live in New York. But. Right, and you know, gun control uh, is very strict in New Jersey as well. You know, um, also, uh, I'm sure that it's a phenomenon for you I, I, um, that every place has its sort of its place that it puts down. Uh, right. Florida, it's Georgia. For Illinois, it's Indiana. For Sweden, I think it's Finland. Um, you know, every place has got its place it doesn't like, and New York City is the center of the universe. So therefore, the place it puts down just gets more press. Is New Jersey? There you go. Thanks for the call, Frederick. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And Newark is really awful, and so is Northburg. And those are the two places I've been. Just terrible places. More on the way. You can take control. Almost got killed. Three Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by going and buying some products in our store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com and get yourself on the pre-order phase of a bunch of our uh, really cool brand new items like the Free Talk Live 2 gigabyte multi gadget it's limited edition 100 of these is all we're going to sell so if you want to get on board with that you probably should do it sooner rather than later before they sell out um it's 2 gigabyte mp3 player flash drive voice recorder and fm tuner all in one and it's less than 60 bucks so get over there and grab that up, as well as uh, some of our new clothing, like the Free Talk Live hoodie. I know you said, Julia, that you want to get one of those. I want one of those. Uh, the Free Talk Live ladies t-shirt. Uh, we've got two different styles of hoodies, by the way, and different colors on some of these things also. The Free, uh, Free Talk Live free marketeer t-shirt, which was in high demand. Also, the lighter bottle opener combo and the brand new Free Talk Live beanie cap. All of those items, plus all of our older items, all available to you. Store.freetalklive.com. And Johnson, who is our store manager has told me that people are getting antsy yet again. You know, we introduce these products as pre-order because it's a little store. We, we want our stuff. We don't have millions of dollars to invest in product in advance. So we have speak to, for yourself. We have to take as many pre-orders as uh, we possibly can. I just uh, cut a check to, to help fund the store today. So the, the money is, uh, is on the way down there, and the uh, products will be ordered shortly. So I would guess you'll probably have them in hand, um, hopefully, sometime by the start of the summer. So, 800-259-9231. Go shopping at store.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones and to Ed in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ed. Hey, Ed. What's on your mind? 
Well, gee whiz, uh, I just tuned in and uh, I heard uh, Julia mentioning uh, before about um, uh, being treated differently, you know, uh, dating with her parents and so forth than her brother. Yes. And uh, golly, uh, my father used to say to me, he would say, uh, you know, there's a difference between, you know, having a, a son or a daughter. And, you know, with a son, you only have to worry about one thing. And with a daughter, you have to worry about everybody else's thing. Isn't that a, a, essentially a recap of what Mark said last time? Well, I think he might have missed that joke, but uh, I think it... Gosh, I did. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, you know, um, it's good, I listened though. on a computer, and by gosh, there's about a 10-minute lag, apparently. Is it so, 10 yeah, minutes? 10 I don't know about that. Well, I don't know, but uh, there, there, there's a lag, so... Yeah, there's apologize. usually about a minute-long lag, but that's all right. So, did you have any other comments? Um... Well, other than uh, you know, a great show, and um, uh, hopefully uh, one of these days I will actually become a you know a um, uh, an amplifier. Whenever but, um, it's whenever it's right for you, Ed. Thank you for the time. We appreciate the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the toll free number. Uh, so coming up here, we've still got to talk about pretty pills. I don't know if we're going to be able to fit into the uh, the Ron Paul story, but let's talk about FEMA right now because it's happened again. We told you the story a couple years ago, almost two years ago now. Yeah, I mean, it's about a year and a half since the Hurricanes Katrina and Rita ravaged the Gulf Coast area uh, of Mississippi and uh, New Orleans and, and Louisiana. And it was a tragic situation where a lot of people lost their lives and there was a lot of government mismanagement, a lot of government, federal government bumbling. Of course, the most, I think probably the most famous stories, some of them, uh, let's see, Walmart having their trucks turned around, trucks full of water and ice turned around and refused by FEMA, because, well, we're FEMA, and we're in charge, we don't need any of your help. Of course, people were starving and dying of thirst, they turned away Walmart's trucks, and then there were all kinds of stories about just bureaucratic mismanagement, doctors that were uh, not able to operate on patients because they hadn't filled out the proper paperwork yet with FEMA, hadn't you know jumped through the uh, bureaucratic hoops. Uh, I mean, there was it was just story after story, and then of course the debacles with the trailers and the the ice and the water being sent to the wrong places because FEMA had their own ice and water, but they sent trucks up to Maine for some reason. Uh, it was just just a, just a mess. And then there was the story about gun confiscation, which was, to me, I think one of the most chilling aspects of the entire Hurricane Katrina aftermath, was that there were National Guardsmen and California Highway Patrolmen in Louisiana. They'd come all the way out from California to help, which, well, what they were doing was they were helping disarm the populace. So you're in this situation where uh, you've got a ravaged, just desolate place where there's uh, most of the Law-abiding people have left, and there are certain people who've stayed behind, behind to protect their homes and that sort of thing. It's them and, and a criminal element, and then the, gover uh, the government as well. Those were pretty much the only groups that were left. And so if you've got criminals roaming the streets, robbing people's homes while people aren't there, you want to protect yourself. You want to have a weapon uh, at your disposal. But apparently government didn't want that to be the case. So they went house to house and took people's guns. Did they ask for them? Or did they I don't, look at registries to see who had guns, or I, at least who had registered guns? I don't know. Now, why would they ask? I mean, we're here collecting guns. Well, do, you have any gun, do you have any weapons in the house? Could you please turn over the weapons? I imagine I most think that's people, how it started. Yeah, yeah, I, I think imagine most a lot of people it. would honestly give their weapons to the police. Sure they did. Um, there was, I, I don't even think they should be asking for them. I agree they shouldn't be asking for them. Right. I was just curious how they went about doing it. Of course they're going to ask. They want to appear as though they're yeah. not a violent band of thugs enforcing their will on an innocent populace. And if you ask, then it seems to be voluntary. 
But then there was this one lady that that uh, that had a pistol that the cops tackled her. We I saw video footage of it. An older an older lady had a pistol and one cop rushed her. And she wasn't pointing it at the cops or anything like that, but they they forcibly removed it from her hands because she didn't want to give it up. Anyway, now it's happened again. According to Michael Hampton at HomelandStupidity.us, on May 4th, an F5 tornado wiped out the town of Greensburg, Kansas, almost entirely from the map. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, along with the National Guard and local police from all over Kansas, then systematically kept out relief workers while they went from house to house disarming the residents. One bit of good news, though, is that some left-leaning anarchist types are beginning to understand the importance of ordinary citizens having firearms to defend themselves from government, a right guaranteed by the Second Amendment. On May 12th, Dave Strano and three other members of Kansas Mutual Aid, an anarcho-communist organization based in Lawrence, traveled to Greensburg to find out what was happening on the ground and to try to assist with relief efforts. They learned a week uh, that a week after the tornado, FEMA had finally began allowing re- relief workers into the area. A week afterward... Long after they had disarmed everyone in the city that they could, bungled initial relief efforts, and established a virtually complete police state. This is the excerpt from uh, Dave Strano, who was actually on the ground. He says, We intended to analyze the situation and assess how our organization could help from Lawrence. If long-term physical aid was needed from us, we had to make contacts within the local populace that could offer a place to set up base camp. We also intended to find out what happened to the prisoners in the county jail during and after the storm and what the current procedure for those being arrested was. In a highly militarized city, the police and military were the biggest threat to personal safety. After a short while, we met with several people evacuating belongings from their home. They told us that FEMA had been there for a week and that all FEMA could offer them was a packet of information. The packet, however, had been mailed to the recipients, and they had no mailing address. And no no mailboxes. Right. Their house had been destroyed, and their mailbox was probably in the next county. God. FEMA's mission was to safeguard the property of the businesses in the area and offer low-interest loans to property owners affected. The National Guard was on hand, along with local police, to act as the enforcement mechanism for FEMA while occasionally hauling debris and garbage out of the city. In the immediate recovery after the storm, FEMA and local police not only worked to find survivors in the dead, but also any firearms in the city. As you pass by houses in Greensburg, you'll notice that some are spray-painted with how many weapons were recovered from the home. They are going into people's homes and taking guns. And, and advertising that they've gotten them like kills on the side of a uh, fighter yep. jet. What, uh, what else are they taking when they're in people's homes? Because this is also footage that we saw from, uh, from the New Orleans area, was police entering homes that were just, you know, the doors were unlocked for whatever reason, the glass had been smashed out. The police would enter the home and then poke around. They'd, they'd walk through people's houses. Now, I understand the excuse is that they're looking for survivors, but they, they're also looking for guns. This and is, who knows what else? It's central Kansas, a region with extremely high legal gun ownership of the over 350 firearms confiscated by police immediately after the storm. Over a third have been returned, only a third rather, have been returned to their owners. FEMA and the police have systematically disarmed the local population, leaving the firepower squarely in control of the state. 
FEMA's top priority going in was clear. This back to Homeland Stupidity. It was not to help the people, but to establish control and to cow the population. These, of course, are the same things they did during Hurricane Katrina, just with more disastrous results in that part. Uh, it's time to get rid of FEMA, along with it, and along with it, any federal government responsibly responsibility for disaster response. Ordinary people and businesses acting on their own and collaborating have already proven they can respond to a disaster much more effectively than government force ever could. It's fact. You know, these guys that They're went there. in... Right. These guys that went into Kansas wanted to go in a week beforehand. Uh, there, whenever a disaster strikes, there are people from all over the area and even from outside of the mm-hmm. area and surrounding states... People come from a thousand miles away. Yep, that mobilize. They don't know who the people are in the town that, it, that has been affected. They just want to come there and find out what they can do to assist, whether it be go and fetch ice or, or uh, help people clear debris from their yard. They just want to go and help. But they're turned around... Every single time by the governments that are supposed to be so-called protecting people. It is outrageous. Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free. Enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. So, uh, we kind of, we've been talking about some different, differing topics tonight uh, from the top ten divorce uh, myths all the way to uh, corrupt cops stealing drugs from their uh, from suspects. And now we're going to go back in the uh, relationship zone. Like, well, not really. It's it's about beauty. So sort of tangential to relationships. Anyway, the story's from the Daily Mail in the United Kingdom. And it starts out, just imagine if you could transform your looks by popping a pill. No need to spend hours in the gym in pursuit of a perfect body. No fake tans, sunbeds, or hours baking on the beach to get a tan. And you could say goodbye to facials and expensive anti-aging treatments. Just swallow a tablet with breakfast, and you're done. It sounds like the bizarre predictions 60s futurologists made about the year 2000, but astonishingly, wonder tablets are the new underground beauty trend, and they could have dire consequences. Earlier this month, the FDA, the U.S. body that approves and regulates medicines, cosmetics and supplements, agreed to let pharmaceutical giant GlaxoSmithKline sell weight loss drug Ali. Over the counter, the drug is set to hit shelves next month, but many people won't have to wait until June to get their hands on it, despite the fact that it's prescription only. The boom in online pharmacies and web-based drug sales has meant that in a few clicks of a mouse, you can have access to a number of pills that, if their claims are to be believed, could do pretty much anything, from whittling your waist size to ridding you of body hair. Some of these drugs are prescription only. Others may not even be licensed in this country, but if you're willing to pay, there's an unscrupulous dealer willing to sell. Ali, in the form of Xenical or Orlistat, has been readily available on the Internet for some time. It works by inhibiting the absorption of fat so that about 30% of the fat that you eat is passed through the body undigested. Prescribed, so that means you can eat 30% more fat, right? I guess so. <laughs> Prescribed by a doctor who can explain that it needs to be taken in conjunction with a low-fat diet, it has the potential to be a useful and effective drug. Now, how many different diet pills have hit the market in the last three decades pills drinks lots i mean yeah uh, there's so much out there 
I mean, it just never stops. There's always some new revolutionary treatment or pill or something that you can do to supposedly lose weight. And it all seems, or at least most of it, seems to be crap. Yeah, pretty much. Um, in well, fact, I mean, it they work. A lot of them, uh, a lot of the diet pills are. Um, they're stimulants, so they, they kind of get, get you buzzing for a while, and, and that makes you, runs your appetite down and also burns more calories in the process. It, it, it affects some people poorly. I certainly couldn't take them. Yeah, I find I just have sort of a fundamental uh, disagreement with them, and that is that it, it seems to me that you just can't cut corners when it comes to uh, losing weight. It seems to me that, uh, and and I'm no I'm no expert at this, right? Well, but there's a lot of you're BS. A skinny guy. But there's a lot of BS out there in the world of of weight loss. And uh, Penn and Teller actually recently did an episode about uh, people being overweight as and and a lot of the BS that surrounds it. And as it turns out, the body mass index, something that a lot of people hold as you know the holy grail of uh, where they need to be as far as what their target weights are, they pull it off this BMI chart. Which, as it turns out, is complete crap. The BMI chart is complete Total crap? Total yes. crap. How it, so? I, do, do you recall what the explanation was, Julia? I can't remember the exact words. I'd have to watch it again. I only saw it once, and I actually meant to do a little more research on it because I was very curious about it. Because I, what well, was invented? What wasn't right, it invented was back in the, like the 1800s? It was some sort of a mathematical formula that had absolutely nothing to do with weight. That's as I understood it, or nothing to do with uh, what your supposed weight to be. And uh, if you... What, was it Michael Jordan is overweight or obese, mm-hmm. and so is Brad Pitt by the BMI chart? It's just, it's total crap. If you actually look up your weight, you're probably obese, Mark. What a shock, huh, as, well, as it turns uh, out. No, no, weight versus BMI is a whole different thing, though. Right. If you look up your weight and height on the BMI chart, you're probably overweight. Oh, so you're talking about the chart. Look, you can get your body, when you get your body mass index, you get it by electroimpedance, uh, you, uh, you get it through an electroimpedance fat analyzer, or you get it through, uh, you know, a, in, in a water tank. Mm-hmm. Um, you weigh yourself outside the water tank, you weigh yourself inside the water tank, fat floats, um, and that's how they get your body mass index. If you're getting your body mass index off of a chart somewhere, it's not accurate. Because it doesn't have anything to do with your body. Well, according to uh, according to Penn and Teller's show, uh, and they really got into uh, the detail on it. They, according to and the history of it, uh, the whole thing's bunk. The the whole BMI concept is just based in. I'm going to have to see this one because it doesn't make any sense to me at all. BMI only indicates how much of your body mass is fat. Um, right, but but there are people that, and that may be the case, Mark, but then there are people that say, well, because your body is this amount of fat, you are unhealthy, and therefore you need to do so and so and, and lose this weight. Right. They also, As it turns out, there are different body types. Right, and there's endomorphic, ectomorphic, and mesomorphic, and um, ectomorphic people are going to have more body fat, and they're going to be healthy, right. fine and healthy with that. But the that BMI amount. doesn't take that into, into, into account. How could it? It can't tell you whether you're endomorphic, right. but, ectomorphic, exactly. or mesomorphic. But, but everybody looks at the BMI as this you know wonderful uh, system that they need to adhere to in order to be healthy, and it's just not the case. It's just not true. And so, what a shock! You know, the yet another example of the government's uh, government-approved system for supposedly what you're supposed to compare yourself to in regards to your healthiness. They push it in schools. At least my health health class in middle school. Well, now they're giving kids grades. Based on their BMI. Really? Yep. There That's are some awful. there are some school systems in this country that are sending out BMI related grades on report cards with kids. And That's sick. You know they're not forcing the parents to do anything about it. They're just letting them know their child is at risk. That sort of thing. 
course, how embarrassing that is for those kids to go in and, and get their school BMI testing, I, I don't know. I, well, I can they had be some people, when they did the Olympics, they had people on there that some of them, they were all classified overweight except for the skinny guy, and some of them really didn't look that overweight to me. Yeah, well, he, what you're referring to is a segment of the show where they did the Fat Man Olympics, <laughs> and they had different si- guys of different sizes and shapes, that sort of thing. But um, they all fell under the category of overweight or obese, according to the BMI. Except for the skinny guy. Except for the skinny guy. Right, and it was kind of fun watching them yeah. run laps and, <laughs> and compete against one another. And as it turned out, um, some of the overweight guys or obese guys performed better than the skinny dude did in in uh, in many of the challenges i don't think that that your bmi certainly is only an indicator of health it's not a um it's it by no means suggests how well you're going to perform in all kinds of physical activities i don't think the bmi should be tossed out the window it's not complete bunk i mean it is your body mass index yeah, you really need to see this it is an in- index of how much body fat you have that's from, all from what i from as i understood the episode it is complete bunk mm-hmm. but let's continue prescribed by a doctor we're talking about a drug called ali uh when it arrives in chemists in june pharmacists will be able to, to give the users correct information on how to take it and then they go on to talk about how ordering uh, drugs online could be dangerous, and there's you know different drugs. Uh, slimming pills in the popular in the 60s turned out to be amphetamines, which carried the risk of heart damage and blood pressure problems, while the tanning pills of the 70s relied on beta-carotene, which gave rise to orange palms and discolored eyes. And the anabolic steroids taken by bodybuilders to increase the size and strength of their muscles have been found to contribute to high blood pressure, cholesterol, and hormone levels. So this is why I say that, um, you know, there is no quick fix. If you're somebody out there like the, the uh, so many Americans that are looking for that pill that you can pop to, whether it be to, you know, make yourself look prettier, to lose weight, to gain muscle mass, whatever it is that you want your body to be, I, you know, a pill's just not going to solve that problem. And I think there's a serious issue. I think this really is all about, it stems from a serious problem that we have in America and around the world where Americans just aren't satisfied with themselves. They just don't like themselves as far as their body and their appearance and that sort of thing. And and you see it echoed in in popular culture all over the place, magazines like Cosmopolitan and and, uh, and that sort of thing, magazines that uh, constantly are telling women that you aren't in, you don't look good, here's what you need to buy, here are these products that you need to make yourself look as good as you possibly can because attractiveness is a a, a huge issue for people in this culture and I think it's really damaging us. And I, I want to talk more about that coming back and I want to hear from you as to how you feel about just the the general uh, attitude of Americans towards themselves, their bodies, and how they feel about them. 1-800-259-9231. Are you somebody that at one time had some real issues with yourself and you've managed to overcome them and accept yourself for who you are? And do you know people that are like this? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free lines. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system awaits over 225,000 posts. That's a lot of posts. And over 1,400 people interacting. It's all for free, and it's a lot of fun. You'll find it at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs. 
www.freetalklive.com. And do you know that nine out of ten lawsuits in the world are filed right here in the United States? Any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At keepyourassets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see that keepyourassets.net can help you be protected against those that wish to take your assets. Keepyourassets.net. You know what? We're going to get back into talking about looks and Americans' obsession, and many people around the world, their obsession with looking good and these quick fixes that the marketplace is coming out with uh, in order to so-called help people with that. We'll get back to that, but I've been an awful, awful talk show host and uh, forgot about Blake, who is on the line in Japan, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Blake. Hey, Blake. everybody. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I just uh, wanted to relate to you a story I had with my... Uh Home state income taxes. Sure. Um, well, I'm uh, I'm in the military. I'm stationed here in Japan, and I got a very worrying email from my mother. She's basically said she got a call from our Department of Revenue saying all of my uh, bank accounts are going to be frozen unless I contacted them. Uh oh. Okay. And this, you know, this came out of the blue for me because I didn't even you know, I've been paying, I've been filing. But, uh, you know, I got in contact with him, and when I, you know, the guy related to me that when I filed, I didn't indicate any of my money that I received was military income. Mm-hmm. So since I didn't take any deductions, and since Illinois doesn't charge uh, income tax for military pay, um, I owed him like 600 bucks apparently. Okay. And I just thought it was, you know, so I called this guy up, and all I had to do was file, you know, a corrective W-2, uh, send in my, you know, statement saying I got all my pay with uh, the military. I saw it's funny that they were ready to freeze my accounts and do this to me just because the paperwork wasn't right. Sounds about right. That's you know, bureaucrats. That's uh, how they do it. That's what you know, they're in charge, and they can completely control your bank accounts. Your bank's not going to stand up for you, that's for sure. And you know, I'm surprised they told you that they were going to, to seize your bank accounts. I, I'm surprised they didn't seize your bank accounts and then send you the letter, because if, if someone had sent me a letter that said, hey, if you don't respond to this, we're going to freeze your bank account, the next thing I would do would be remove all my money from the bank. Um, but So you're saying that Illinois doesn't charge income tax for people who are in the military, but you hadn't alerted them to that, and so therefore they thought that you owed them money when in fact you didn't? Is that, a, is that correct? That is correct. Uh, it's basically 100% deductible. I see. So which, since since all of my income is military, it's all 100% deductible. Yeah. You know, you should change and, your home uh, state. Can you just change your home state in uh, in the military? Can you just tell them I live in New Hampshire now and forget about yeah, Illinois? I don't know the exact procedure, but you there is a process you can go through. But yuck. I don't know. I'm sorry to hear about that, and I'm glad you got it straightened out. And I, I I don't know what what else can you say? They're the bureaucrats and they're in in control. And good luck getting out of the military. What are your plans for when you get done? Um, I don't know. I think I'll finish up my degree, and uh, I'm definitely looking the free state project right now because uh, being in the you know, especially the Marine Corps, it's pretty much you know living under a authoritarian government. Oh, it sure is. Hey, yeah, you don't even own yourself anymore. Right, like I'm, I'm supposed to get an anthrax shot on Monday, and comforting. I don't want it. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> Mark, you thought the flu body. shots were bad. Yeah, imagine yeah. an anthrax shot. That sounds awful. Yeah, Blake, thank you for the call, man, and good luck getting out alive. We appreciate hearing from thank you. you. 
800 to, well, it sounds like his uh, sergeant. <laughs> I think they just took him out. You <laughs> have free talk live again. Oh, my goodness. All right. So we're talking, uh, we were talking about, and we'll continue this here, uh, the topic of people and their obsession with constantly trying to make themselves look better. At the And I think to their detriment. I really do. I think that, you know, it's one thing to comb your hair. That's all right. You're not actually harming yourself. But, but to pop pills and in order to make yourself look better, to lose weight, to increase your bust size, to increase your penis size. I mean, all sorts of different. There's all sorts of different pills out there. And the idea that, that it's that easy, the, the, the idea that you can change your your uh yourself in in such a simple way it seems to be a little bit wrong to me and i want to get back to uh your guys's thoughts we got to go to the phones on this because eric is on the line in montana listening on kgez hello eric hello hey what's on your mind i just think it's not just an american thing people worried about their looks and their weight but it's more of a human thing I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with popular culture. I think that uh, I don't think that you're going to find things like this in uh, African tribes or Amazon well, tribes. I don't know, but there France are or Europe. You will. Yes, Maybe absolutely. In, in well, Europe, where people have the uh, disposable income. Right. In, but in some in countries, general. in some countries, uh, it's considered good to be overweight because that means that you're wealthy enough to eat. But it's still a body concern. Yeah, they're still th- worried about the way they look. I agree with you. I didn't. I didn't mean to just say America. It's pretty much developed countries. Um, those uh, those in the West. So yeah, uh, with Hollywood and all the movies, and everybody wants to look like a movie star. And... Right, but don't you agree? Don't you agree that it's 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 complete? It's a complete waste of money and time for these people, and and it could result in them harming themselves. Not healthy to think like that. No, definitely not. It's not healthy. Not not only is it unhealthy on a mental basis, it's just not health. It's just not good to think that way. It's not also unhealthy. Else, the people for... that can't look like that. There's people that just can't keep up with that or compete, and they try to, and so then they just get stressed and worried, and and they end up looking like Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Thanks, Eric. Right out there. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, they get stressed out and they get depressed because it's a constant losing battle that these people just they, they just pour money into some more so than others now, I, i'm not saying there's not unhealthy attitudes but the the studies show that uh, attractive people make more money than uh, ugly people do you know russia's been doing a bit on uglo americans since the late 80s and i i could, it, it it does make sense to get up in the morning and brush your teeth and comb your hair and put on a nice clothes and um you know present a good face to the world presentation is okay and that's, that's fine. all I'm you're talking about is presentation well but i know i'm talking about people that want to modify their existing appearance that's with what, that's what combing your hair is with Ian. chemicals i'm okay. not talking about something something you can just do that doesn't actually cause any harm i'm talking about people that Who are just they Who go says crazy that these, these pills um, necessarily do any harm? They probably do nothing. Oh, really? Sugar well, let's pills. talk about the pills then, because women reluctant to go under the knife but keen to increase their breast size have been known to order contraceptive pills containing high levels of hormones in a bid to boost their cleavage. The dangers of taking a contraceptive without having your blood pressure tested regularly means you could unwittingly be putting yourself at increased risk of strokes, heart attacks, and deep vein thrombosis. Quite a price to pay for a larger cup size or two, presuming it even works. Uh, earlier this month, health and beauty and, pages... And let's not forget that uh, the side effects in medications, uh, although they are present, aren't necessarily um, the large percentage of people taking them. They may not be prevalent. That may be the case. But uh, I think to downplay the dangers of popping pills in order to make yourself look better 
is kind of is kind of scary to me. Continue with more, and uh, Julia needs to chime in on this at 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Want to talk about looks or whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free, including the live streams. Broadband version of the show, dial-up version, totally free. For you, freetalklive.com. Wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to NeverGetBusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that has gained world attention. That's NeverGetBusted.com. 1-800-259-9231. Let's roll right into the phone calls here and talk to, it is Jim in Kansas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jim. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind? I had a few things, uh, actually two things. Um, the, the BMI, uh, what did, what did uh, Mark say the BMI was? What do you mean? What uh, Body mass index? Yeah, the body mass index was actually created by an 18th century, uh, century mathematician, and it was made to uh, gather uh, 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 sociology uh, information about uh, 18th, 18th century Belgians at the time, but it wasn't supposed to tell them about their body mass uh, about as far as what they should weigh. Um, I, think, I think what you're talking about is the, um, the body mass indicator. I think it might be something different. Okay, um, I, I'm not sure that I know. Is all I've been told is BMI versus, uh, you know, and and that it's given by an electro impedance uh, fat analyzer, um, you know, and, and it seems to me that it gives a good indication as to what your body fat percentage is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're using a device, you're not using a chart to uh, tell you what your body fat percentage is, and you know, it shoots a, a low voltage um, electrical wave through you and decides what it is. Yeah. I think the body mass index is a chart that determines, or it's some sort of a formula that supposedly determines how much you should weigh to be healthy um, if well, you're a certain height, right? That's, that's well, I understand. Uh, kind, of, kind of, sort of. Um, it wasn't meant to be that way. Right. We sort of turned it into that. Um, it's not that way anymore. It was, meant, it was meant to gather data on sociology about 18th century Belgians at the time, but they came around and turned it into a, a system to tell us how much we should weigh. And uh, also to correct you, uh, that skinny guy on the Fat Guy Olympics was considered overweight. Yeah, and the other oh, ones were he? obese, right? Yeah, they, they, they were all obese, and one was overweight. Even the skinny guy was overweight. Yeah. Um, also, the uh, the whole FDA, uh, the penis pills thing, um, I, I kind of have like, this theory that maybe if uh, the FDA didn't exist and there was private indica- uh, private corporations that were uh, doing these things, uh, maybe the penis pills wouldn't have the, um, I guess, the... This this kind of positive outlook that it has. Why I mean, people don't que- well people don't question it because the F- uh, people assume that well if it's on the shelves the FDA must have somehow said it was okay for that to sell. Right. Otherwise they would have made it illegal. And they haven't. Uh, as long as the product isn't making claims or whatever, then it probably hasn't passed the FDA's uh, approvals. So that's not the case. But you're right. Pre- people do presume things. They presume the government is out there checking and, and caring about them when, in fact, that's that's not true. Yeah, and these pills have also caused, like, heart damage and stuff, especially with the penis ones, because they're supposed to pump blood to that certain area. Mm-hmm. 
and so it's also caused a lot of uh, problems. So, yikes! All right, well that's it. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate right. it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So, talking again about um, just in general about Americans and other people around the world in in certain cultures, their obsession with beauty, their obsession with attractiveness, and the constant. Uh, their constant struggle to achieve a certain, you know, Adonis-like body for themselves that they'll finally be satisfied with. And as it as it usually turns out, no matter how much they spend or what pills they pop, people that have this sort of mindset are never, ever satisfied with themselves. It doesn't matter what sort of sculpting they have done. There's always something else that needs to be done, uh, some other pill that needs to be popped. And it, and it really turns into some sort of a, like a maniacal obsession. Uh, as far as, you know, constantly uh, working on their appearance. Now, Mark says that, well, people who look better get paid more. And that may be the case um, in certain certain industries. For instance, you know, you want to put a, an attractive person on a cash register uh, in order to help customers feel better about their purchase or whatever. Uh, there are different there are certain roles for attractive people in uh, in the workplace in America. A lot of it has to do with popular culture and the obsession that Americans and others have for attractiveness. But I I might ask and and Julia, as somebody who at one point. Uh, used makeup you you currently do not um, which I think is is very good but uh, I'm curious if it's true that people who are attractive make more money is that offset by uh, to some extent by the amount of money that they spend on their attractiveness like women that use makeup that stuff's not cheap right and and there's well, other makeup doesn't make you attractive on. But it's, well, I agree with you, Mark. But I women agree think too, that. I agree But women think that. Uh, not all women, but a well, lot. Well, you're saying of that it offsets. That. I don't think that it necessarily offsets. No, no, no. Well, okay. Uh, well, I don't know what how much more money an attractive person would make versus an unattractive person given the same job position. Uh, but you know, I, I, maybe uh, all I'm saying is these there are people that are spending a lot of money on their attractiveness. So does it really even is it even worth it? Is it even worth it for them to spend all the money and then the time, which is also a huge factor. You know, think about the time that women spend in the bathroom putting on all this makeup on a daily basis. What I mean, what's I don't know what the average woman spends putting on makeup. How much time are we talking about here? An hour a day? 2 hours? Oh, come on. Okay. Well, I used to be really really into makeup. I don't wear any makeup at all now. But um, I used to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning for school, and I would go for a run first, and I would take a shower, and I had a little ritual of putting on my makeup. I would sit in my room, and I was, I, would, I was really into putting on my makeup. I would say between doing my makeup and hair, it took at least an hour. So at, at least, least. At least an hour. Every plus, day. Plus the cost of actually buying plus, all that makeup. And I wasn't. That I wasn't as into makeup as a lot of my friends were, but there's touch-ups all day long. These girls carry around makeup with them in their mm-hmm. purse, and they always go to the bathroom to fix their makeup. So it's not just the hour in the morning. It's several times breaks throughout the day. Well, our well, previous, uh, one of our prior co-hosts on the show, that Melissa. That was so funny. Well, she would sit in our studio at 7 o'clock at night, and she's putting on makeup. Like, For you Melissa, guys. Right. We know what you look like. You don't have to pr- impress us. Put on she, more makeup. She's not going anywhere after the show, but nonetheless, there she was put, putting on makeup. So it's a lot. there's a lot of time spent, and time is money. Your time is valuable. That's worth a certain amount. So really, is it worth the trade? That's my question. What do you I, think? Personally, I feel better about myself now that I don't wear makeup. Well, I, why? I think that... Um, Hold on, Mark. Why? I don't know. When I was wearing makeup, I had really low self-esteem. 
and I want I wanted to look a certain way, and I sort of transitioned into not wearing makeup. Like first, I start stopped wearing face makeup, and I would wear a little eye makeup, and I eventually just said, eh, whatever, it's too much work, and I feel more comfortable not wearing makeup. And I don't know, I just feel so much better about myself now. Do you feel like, uh, and I think that's awesome, by the way. Do you, Do you feel like? It has hurt you, uh, the fact that you don't put on makeup. Has oh, it not at affected all. your uh, ability to get jobs? Has it affected. No. No? No. Okay. Has it affected the, uh, the way people interact with you in life? Do, um, do people, I don't know, suggest that you need some makeup, that sort of thing? On rare occasion, I'll get some real snot will come up to me and, and make a comment. My aunt, for example, this is a perfect example. My aunt used to buy me a makeup kit every single year for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't worn makeup in years. I don't wear makeup. I will never wear makeup ever again. And she would, I, I considered it offensive because she knew that I wouldn't give wear makeup and she would continue to get it to me even though I would tell her that I wasn't interested. And like I, a makeup pusher. Right. I appreciated the thought, but, I, you know, I would just give it away and it was sort of a waste of her money. And she would say things to me like, you would look so pretty if you wore makeup. And I'm sorry, but that's insulting. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, some people think that, um, you know, some women think that makeup makes them look better. Right, right. and that's make... what we're talking about here. Yes, but there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, some... She, she I says... think there is something wrong with it. Why? Well, I think it's it, it belies a certain uh, lack of uh, self-confidence. Well, it's essentially a costume. Putting on the costume for the day. No, I think that people that uh, apply makeup um, would say to them, uh, would say that it accentuates their natural beauty. That's what I they'd think it, say. Well, and, and your opinion is just your opinion. I think it depends on how much makeup. I know some people who just put on, for example, a little eye makeup. They feel that it makes their eyes look bigger or their lips look bigger, and they like that sort of thing. And then there's the girls who cake it on. And I see them every day, tons of them, and it's gross. Well, I think but they think they're very attractive. I'm, I'm, you know, Tammy Faye Baker got a lot of trouble in the uh, late 80s and early 90s for wearing a lot of makeup, and a lot of people would say that, but nobody who wears makeup thinks they wear too much. 800-259-9231. I think uh, pretty much any makeup is too much. Yes, I opinion. know you I do. I agree, think. too. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, your show, bringing what you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. If you make it now, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are for free. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as have done over 380 of our listeners, and we really appreciate it because basically we give away our website for free. Unlike those other radio talk shows that want to charge you for accessing their features, we do it all for free. That we and then we just simply say, "Hey, you like the show? You want to help us out? Send us three bucks a month." And you can do that at amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn more about the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The money's coming in and going right back out the door. We take it in and turn it around into getting the show on more radio stations. We do outreach to uh, radio station program directors, advertising in Talkers Magazine. We're, we've got a convention that we're going to here coming up in, uh, in about three weeks. And uh, all of these things are, are really important to getting more stations on board. And, of course, more stations getting on board means more new people hearing the message of freedom and liberty, many of them for the very first time. And so if that's important to you and you want to help us out, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn about all the perks you get access to, like the AMP-only chat room, forum, and call-in lines. All the details, amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking about beauty. 
and uh, and just the, the other things that surround it. Uh, people taking pills to enhance their appearance. People uh, caking on makeup to alter their appearance. In their minds, it's making them look better. Uh, in my mind. Not so much. I think it's a dangerous. I think it's a dangerous and slippery slope uh, for people to go down, and it's it's a very popular slope for people to go down in this country. the uh, The mindset seems to me to be that okay, well, you know, when you're in your 20s or you're a young person, then it's it's probably easier to make yourself look pretty. You know, you don't have to put on as much makeup and that sort of thing. And but that's where it starts. And then of course you're you're doing a uh, you're fighting a battle against time. And inevitability in that as you grow older, it's inevitable that you're going to get wrinkly and you're going to get uglier. And, and these are things that happen. And so if you start out with a mindset of I must look as pretty as I can possibly look at all times and do whatever it takes to uh, to make myself look that way, then that really I think I think it's detrimental then because you're just throwing away your time and money um, in putting on and, and purchasing these products. But then it gets worse as time goes on because then they're doing battle with aging and it's an impossible. It's an impossible battle to win, but they don't stop their obsession with it. The obsession becomes even even worse, and I think more uh, more dangerous. I mean, Julia, how do you feel about that? Well, I'd like to clarify that personally, as I said, I don't wear makeup, and I don't like makeup, and I don't think that women look attractive with makeup. I think they look much more attractive without makeup. Well, here's what I think. I think women who don't wear makeup are ugly. How does that make you feel? I don't care. Uh, well, I'm telling you, it makes people feel bad to make those kind of statements, and it's irresponsible to do so. Well, people okay. need to get in touch with their, themselves right. and not care so much about what scumbags like Mark think. What? And scumbags like me? me yeah, you're either. so superficial. Uh, superficial? I mean, I wear nice clothes and, and you know, I go out in public. Uh, you know, no, man. You can't just make say, statements like running around in sweatpants and uh, never wearing makeup or combing your hair is the way that you should be. You should look okay. at my inner beauty. Now, I do not wear sweatpants. I hope you're not implying that because I I'm never implying, wear <laughs> I'm implying that your hermit of a boyfriend does. <laughs> not sweatpants. They're windpants. I've got khakis on today. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what I was going to say is I know I plenty, on this week. plenty of girls, friends of mine, women who wear makeup, and I don't personally have a problem with them wearing makeup. Everybody has their own thing. Um, I like to paint my toenails blue more because I like the color blue, but... Anyway, um, I guess what I, I see is really unhealthy is the I have to wear makeup every single moment I'm out in public. Like, I'm going to the gas station. I need to put on makeup. And I know people like that. I think that is a little strange. I often um, decide to myself, well, if I'm going to go out in public, I'm not going to wear scummy clothes. And so wearing, I, I, you know, so I'll put something better on in order to go out in public just to present a better face. You never know what's going to happen, who you're going to meet, um, what, you know, what sort of occurrences are going to go on. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have clothes. We're not uh, talking clothes about, cl- uh, we're not talking about clothing. Clothing Mark. and uh, makeup are the same no. thing. Mm-mm. Same They're thing. Different. Absolutely. I, I disagree with that. It, it's changing so, your natural appearance. So spending a half an hour putting on makeup to run to the gas station for 10 minutes is, it is takes a good more time, idea for It you? takes more time to put on a tie than it does not to, um, to leave the the. So would you put on a tie to go to the gas station? I personally would not put on a tie to go to the gas station, but I don't wear a tie at all well, anymore because I changed my mind. You, you, uh, you, you never know who you're going to meet. And <laughs> I have a policy against wearing ties. And, you know, that's, that, that's the face I put forward. I wear, generally wear an Oxford shirt. Uh, okay. What we're... 
we're actually talking about here are you know societal yeah. norms and standards and and what is and what is not so-called appropriate in in American culture and in American culture you pretty much have to wear clothes when you go outside unless you're at, you're in a nudist camp. Vermont. So what clothes you decide to wear is up to your particular fashion sense. So if you want to put on a sport coat to go to the gas station, you know, that's your decision. You do what you what feels right for you. And indeed, the people that put on makeup and take and pop pills to make themselves so-called prettier are doing what feels right to them, but only because they've been indoctrinated by this society that is obsessed with beauty. And I think that's the real root of the problem here is that we've got an obsession where everybody thinks that they have to look as, you know, they have to be a 10 if they can possibly be a 10. And and I, I think it's very detrimental to our well-being and our and our mindset. In I America. think you're talking about human beings. I mean, you know, that's just the way it is. Humans are not around nicer. the world, not everywhere. What? The obsession with beauty, not like that ever. You know, I'm sure that there is a um, a certain point to the obsession of beauty that I agree with you on. Yes, um, you know, people. Some people like uh, Michael Jackson is a great example of somebody who can go crazy with the. um, with the plastic surgery and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I saw some woman in some magazine, like People or something like that, the other day, who was uh, trying to look like Barbie. Yeah, Barbie um, doll. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, and she'd had 47 plastic surgeries and that kind of it's thing. It's an addiction. It never I, ends. I will absolutely give you that. I will not give you that applying a little eyeshadow in the morning well, makes one a nut. I'm not... I, I don't say have it makes a you a nut. Yeah, I don't have a problem it just with makes you apl- You're just doing what society wants you to do, and I think it's dangerous. Well, I'm not why even do you wear talking clothes? about that. I'm talking about the people, the obsession that some girls have with wearing makeup every single, like, everywhere they go. That's I'm not talking about people who put on a little eyeshadow when they're going out to dinner or something like that. It's not me personally, but fine, whatever. I'm talking about people who are obsessed with wearing uh, An obsession makeup. that results in an escalation right. down the line as they get older and find that they're having more and more difficulty battling aging, and it becomes, it becomes a sickness at that point. Let's go to the phones and talk to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Bill. Hi, guys. Uh, it's on your mind. taking my call. Um, Love taking all these calls from guys about makeup. What's up, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I, I kind of wanted it to... Uh, uh, tell a short story. Okay. Uh, Make it real short, like a minute. Yeah, I'll try to keep it brief. In uh, 93, when uh, the Internet was in its infancy, people were more worried about character than appearance. Uh, you got to know somebody just by, you know, interacting with them, uh, sending messages back and forth, getting to know what their, their mental uh, capabilities were, weren't so much focused on the, on the visual. Mm-hmm. Now you fast forward 14 years later, the first thing you're asked for is a picture. And if, uh, if you're a woman, this is a really uh, sad testament because if their flotation devices are not to a man's standard, they're simply ignored, dismissed, whatever. Carries over to the workforce, carries over to, you know, to every bit of society. Well, I don't think and it now- carries over to those um, places. I think it has been carried over to the Internet. What you're talking about was in 1993 when the Internet was in its infancy, you simply couldn't send the pictures. You, I mean, people generally didn't have a and digital camera. I doubt camera. there was much of a dating scene on the Internet back in 1993. Oh, I'm sure people were trying. And, but but you're talking now. You're talking about breast size, which is is another factor to all of this, and another thing that I think is uh, is a major issue with American males and and females. And I think a lot of American females think that all males are obsessed with breast size. It's just not true. No, nope. uh, there's a variety out there. Different men sure. think different things about yep. breast size. Um, your final thoughts, though, Bill? Uh, it's just it's it's appalling to me because 
uh, I get labeled as a stereotypical male if I if I try to show any type of respect to somebody, whether it's in person, online, or whatnot. I'm automatically labeled a bad guy uh, because I'm just like every other guy out there that's fixated on the outside appearance, and it's just it's really it's it's nerve wracking. How do you get um, how do you get treated uh, badly um, by acting uh, by giving somebody respect? I don't understand. Well, you know, I was brought up in a, in a militant home. My dad ex-military so uh-huh. it was yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am gotcha you know and yeah the, I, the no ma'am thing and the ma'am thing really offends a lot of women bill, bill we're out of time know. but thank you for the call we appreciate it i get to matt real quick in illinois matt you got about uh, 30 seconds oh i can't finish this in 30 seconds uh my wife works in a hospital uh she's a polysonic technician she never used to have to wear makeup and uh then when her boss told her she had to wear makeup at work because she didn't want her scaring the patients in the morning. Who? That's How mean. Awful. My wife. Awful. I'd get a new job. Well, she she couldn't, but yes, that was a very mean thing to say. She also has to chew gum now to keep her what breath the fresh. Hell? Yeah. Why? Uh, what a just a sick sick guy who's in charge. That's all. Hey, Matt, thanks for the call. It was we appreciate the guy, it. If you want a woman. Th- oh, even worse. A woman We're charge. done. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, free talk. Do you feel like? DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.